0: Well welcome back to the Social World Podcast. I've got a really interesting podcast today, very relevant, very contemporary, quite shocking in its origins but um, very important for the future of um, not just social work but community relations as well. I'm going to be talking today to Wayne Reed, who's a social worker and the professional officer at the British Association of Social Workers now He's been that for about three years, and he recently has been um, absorbing and challenging and working with um, responses to the George Floyd uh, incident in America that prompted the Black Lives Matter movement, and the absolute wave of interest and activity that's occurred since then. So, Wayne, welcome to the program.
1: Hello, David. Thanks for having me. Hi.
0: Hello. Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm pleased that you could find the time, and thanks. Now, I know, because we've been talking, that you've actually been swamped almost, not overwhelmed, but certainly swamped by a phenomenal response in your um, gathering of information, your responding, your article writing, and all sorts of things that you've discovered in the last, say, what, six weeks, since this has all been kind of a major story. And I wonder if we could just begin... To maybe go back to the beginning again, at, at least you know all these weeks ago, and you could just gently take us through, remembering everybody, of course, that there will be links on the front of the podcast, you know, of things that you mention, if we possibly can, and ways of getting in touch with you. So there's no way that people will be able to not find anything you talk about. But I just, it's just been so much that I understand that I, I don't want you to. Actually, feel that you'll be overwhelmed having to repeat everything without people getting a hold of it. So, um, anyway, mm-hmm. so there we were, back several weeks ago. How did things begin to uh, develop for you and for your response? To um, things?
1: Well, it was just pretty sort of devastating. Really, it affected me personally and professionally. Uh, as I put in the article, um, it felt as though uh, you just—I felt like I needed to sort of second guess. Uh, everything really in terms of you know what I understood about uh kind of basic uh human decency I think really um you know it Mm. made me Mm. angry but a whole range of other emotions um and I'm sure that would be the same for lots of other people of color uh as well across the world
0: yeah absolutely I mean my my understanding is at the beginning One challenge I know that you put out there was that you felt that um, people in particular senior positions within several social work organisations or agencies or institutions or whatever possibly didn't seem to be taking things as seriously as you would have liked. And so you did put that challenge out there. I did, yeah. I
1: left it a short while after the uh, event because uh, I thought, you know, a kind of response would be imminent uh, and swift because social work is based on, uh, of course, as we know, social justice, um, anti-oppressive, anti-discriminatory practice, and, of course, anti-racism, I thought, would just be naturally uh, kind of part of that and uh, and seen as such with regards to this, uh, this murder. Uh, and after a few days, I just found that, well, there was little kind of, well, yeah, little to no response, really. Um, so I did uh, put... Um, I guess it, it may be seen as a challenge, but I would like to say more a question, really, of where where's the where's the response really? And uh, my uh, my organisation, I feel, were, were very good in swiftly issuing um, their condemnation of George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. of um, you know, sort of racism generally, and Basworth's stance on that in terms of all the different types of social uh, injustice, you know, that that we that we face in society but also as an organization as a profession that we stand you know we stand in challenging that and combating it and I th- I feel that as an organization we did that sort of robustly early on um and that then gave me yeah. what I felt was the uh, the support the grounding uh to um proactively do what I then went on to uh to do.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit about some of the response you got because I gather it was pretty pretty large in terms of actual kind of the, the volume that came out.
1: Yeah, so um, there was a, a number of um, stages, I guess, in terms of the uh, the interest and the traction. Uh, some of it was to do with the initial comments that I'd uh, posed specifically for social work and social work leaders. Uh, and then there was the KCMG open letter which uh as with we then went. Uh,
0: describe that I, I think this is absolutely fascinating if not sickeningly yeah, ironic it is. but look could you describe that a mm. little bit for people
1: so i received a whatsapp message um with the kcmg imagery on there uh and it, somebody had put it on facebook who i knew just sort of threw it in a group uh when i saw it i thought i just cannot believe this and it was just so kind of
0: Hang on, as KC, oh, yes. I said, KCMG, K KCMG, You better explain what it is. It, it, it's the the medal for, um, if you like, for 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 outstanding kind of service to overseas work for the for British, uh, for, for the UK, and um, for di- diplomats get that. It's a very senior and a very kind of prestigious it is. medal, is That's isn't right,
1: it? and it's been handed out uh, since eight, the eighteen hundreds, I believe. Um, and how this imagery has escaped people who've accepted that I just I don't know Uh, and for me because it resembles so um, clearly really how George Floyd was murdered ironically as you say um, it was just it kind of reopened uh, what was already a pretty gaping wound for me really Uh, so
0: it's a white angel standing on the head of Pretty of much, a black yeah. man
1: with a race, uh,
0: yeah, with a, yeah. I mean, you know, it couldn't be yeah. more ironic, given what what went yeah. on with. It really couldn't, could
1: not it? even if somebody deliberately went out of the way. Yeah. I don't think to, you know, create something like that. And like I say, this predates yeah. that murder by, uh, you know, mm. hundreds of oh. years. Yeah, <laughs> sure. bizarre, but uh, so anyway, I was enraged. It's fair to say when I got that, uh, that WhatsApp message, and I then took to Twitter. <laughs> probably you know a bit of a keyboard warrior these days I've never intended to be but uh, this is kind of what it's created in me um and I tweeted the image and um the interest that that got was just it sort of bowled me over really um my phone was pinging constantly for at least 24 40 sorry twenty-four, thirty-six 36 hours at least and it just went sort of viral Uh, And I had to mute that particular message on my phone because uh, it just got too much. Um, And there were lots of, I think mostly people were supportive, they were understanding that, you know, that image really was just completely unacceptable. But then there were people on there I felt who tried to mitigate what that image um, is, what it represents. Um, You know, there is a religious kind of connotation to it. I get that. That's, you know, fair enough. Um, for me, it's just the, I, and the other thing is, I know over the years, the image has changed. Um, I believe during some eras, it was a white angel stamping on a, a white Satan or devil. Um, but at different periods and uh, different cultures, different sort of, uh, you know, eras, as I say, really, then it, it, it has changed. And as I said, it's an unmistakable mm. kind of uh, racist
0: is that the contemporary one, I'm really as far are sure. aware, are we not I'm sure? really not
1: sure is the honest answer, oh, yeah, but it's it fairly, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, anyway, you, you, you've written to the Queen about it, haven't you? The, the British yes. Association of Social Workers. the organisation has, has, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, as I say, mm-hmm. they were very supportive with all of that and how it came about and um, sort of championing, you know, fundamental social work issues, really, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I have to say as well that we also had good support from uh, BASWA members, um, people I won't name individually because I don't think they will <laughs> welcome that but you know it wasn't just me it was very much a kind of team effort uh, and that has been something that has helped me throughout these difficult times really the, the sort of team mm. that's there in the background when when needed yeah.
0: I think that I mean from what I've understood from what you've been saying at, at this time You've you've decided to kind of uh, not target the wrong word, but you certainly decided to have the discussion with um, social work organisations, uh, employers, leaders, institutions, etc. We're not talking about social workers at the moment engaging the public. Um, what, what what your main thought at the moment is the the thrust of your discussion is is to do with how the actual professional bodies are uh, approaching this issue. Is that fair? Yeah, I
1: think so. I think that's about right. I think there's a sort of um, a hand in glove situation in that um, Black and ethnic minority social workers themselves need to be um, provided with the right support, the right workplace cultures, the right understanding, the right education um, for them and their colleagues in terms of, you know kind of their expertise um being fully utilized in the workplace but at the moment and for a long time it's been very um oppressive uh, you know for for people of color some of the people who've got mm. in touch with mm. me over the last six uh, weeks and I have to say you know there's been a lot um and some of the stories people have kind of shared it it really has tugged at my heartstrings and although I've experienced some of that myself in different social work roles um you know I've been at VASMA now for three years and prior to that I worked uh, in the private sector uh, fostering so you know it wasn't I've not worked in frontline local authority um services for a number of years uh, and to hear some of the stories that people were sharing it really was quite uh jarring really you mm. know um mm yeah
0: how black and ethnic minority staff are being treated is how you exactly yeah how they're being treated
1: by some of their colleagues some of the managers some of the kind of uh you know some of the lack of opportunities to sort of progress but also some of the kind of covert and over racism that they're facing um you know and uh yeah people really kind of opened up i think after that uh that article and um for me it, it just kind of uh it fueled my fire in some ways you know it's made me think well actually you know i'm fortunate enough to be in a position where i can o- hopefully uh spotlight some of this and champion uh those people um because you know <laughs> i suppose i've been one of the lucky ones <laughs> really
0: Anger and outrage are absolutely inevitable, I get it, um, I, I can totally believe you in that and as you were saying at the beginning and also some of the words you used at the beginning, I know things have changed a little bit in your mind but at the beginning you used words like indifference and the silence and tokenism mm-hmm. and stuff like that amongst some of the agencies and organisations that you came across. And the stories that you've told me about individuals, you know, their own personal experiences of, of discrimination, of, of, of just outright yeah. racism. But I gather, though, I mean, that won't hack it forever in terms of kind of how to deal. It's got to be education, hasn't
1: well, it's got it? To, yeah, it's, it's got it's, to be action, it, I think. but certainly yeah. education is yeah. fundamental. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I just think it's, it's bigger than education as well. Um, Because it's, you know, I'd say it's about uh, recruitment also. Uh, It's about career uh, opportunities. Um, It's about operations, sort of how organisations actually work and their policies and procedures and how they can be punitive, uh, you know, for people of colour, depending on how they're implemented and how they're applied.
0: And also the people they serve, yeah. um, you know, the public, the community is changing, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the kind of um, multi-ethnic kind of um, makeup of the community now is so much more vivid than it yeah. ever was. Um, and that requires, you know, appropriate uh, um, uh, work as well to be able to properly and well, if you like, kind of honestly Definitely deal with the... I
1: agree. Yeah, I mean, the, different, the demographics are obviously different in different parts of the country, in the UK and so on, uh, and globally, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, an aspiration from um, social work organisations surely has to be one where the workforce reflects the community that it serves best it can. It's never going to be a complete mirror image, you know, of course, probably not realistic, but just proportionally you know, best we can, given the resources and the sort of calibre of the candidates, I suppose. Because I am very much um, about uh, sort of meritocracy, I suppose, you know, and not just kind of um, sort of blindly uh, pushing people into roles because it ticks the box somewhere. Um, I just think at the minute Mm. that it's just so kind of, uh, you know, it's so unequal. that you know you've got people who are almost you know overqualified who are from black and ethnic minority communities who just aren't being the who aren't being given the opportunities to progress for reasons that you know are just quite clearly um sort of have some racial connotation some kind of you know there's some kind of yeah, yeah
0: i get that i think too i'd like to just ask a quick word about um if you like, international uh, uh, recruitment, because one of my recent podcasts was about that and the fact that we've got so many vacancies for social workers in this country still, we aren't able to produce, you know, UK social workers in enough sufficient numbers. And so we're having to invite social workers to come in from all sorts of different parts of the globe. And a lot of them are from black and ethnic minority uh, communities. And their assimilation and welcome has been patchy, I would have thought, to say the least from what my um, anecdotal experience has been. I um, just wondered if that issues come up with you. I'm,
1: I'm aware of it, uh, for sure. Um, but um, to my knowledge, mm. I think most social workers who are employed on that sort of basis uh, are either newly qualified social workers or they're social workers with, let's say, up to sort of or around five years' experience. So they're at the point where really, you know, they could be um, considering a management role or a senior management role. And I think that's where the buffer is uh, from, my, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from my conversations yeah. with yeah. people yeah. Uh, and speaking yeah. with different organisations, uh, such as Zuxwa, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with those, David.
0: Do you want to spell what that means? Yeah. I wonder, so so Zuzwa is
1: the Zimbabwean UK Social Workers Association, uh, and Baswa have okay. you know collaborated with them uh, on occasion, and um, so you know I've uh, I've had conversations with the uh, the leader there, and that's the, some of the views that have been shared previously. But I also know from speaking with um, Black and ethnic minority social workers from other uh, sort of sections of social work as well. That there is just a glass ceiling there, basically. Um, right.
0: I, it's funny you came up with that phrase. I was thinking about what's the equivalent phrase because I always think of glass ceilings to do with women's equality. It could well be.
1: You know, I might um, have just pinched that. But... <laughs> I wonder.
0: <laughs> but there must be yeah. an equivalent. Uh, let's yeah. let's okay. roll with right. glass
1: ceiling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right so right so you definitely feel that that's absolutely solidly in place still and that, oh, that, there is that's that, the thing um, inequality of opportunity There's definitely
1: equality of opportunity whether glass is the right fabric i might need to reconsider because uh, <laughs> because i, I know, think you know clearly there that. are uh, people of color in senior management roles uh, but in my experience hmm. they're few and far uh, between and you know To some degree, I guess I would, you know, I'm often in meetings with people uh, at that stage in their social work careers. So, you know, I see uh, on occasion just how few people there are. And I think Mm -hmm. in terms of support for those um, people of colour who have made it to that stage, it's even less than it is for frontline practitioners, people at a managerial uh, sort of grade. So it just gets Mm -hmm. less the further you go, you know, sort of uh, as you progress, really. Mm and that's where I think one of the problems is as far as uh, sort of you know proper representation of black and ethnic minority leaders.
0: Now you mentioned in um, some of the stuff that you've done and also some of the, the work and reports that you've referenced, that it's all very well talking about this, but we've actually got to just just get past the descriptions yeah. and actually look yeah. at action here. And one of the particular reports that you attributed that kind of thought to was Wendy Williams' one on the Windrush yeah. uh, report. And uh, you did feel that, although it was generally okay, but the findings did fall short of it. I wonder if you want to amplify that a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
1: So um, we we wrote the Windrush statement in response to the report, as you say, that was published. And... um hmm our thinking around that was that an apology really uh, was an acknowledgement, but it was only really the first step. Like, you know, what you've just really suggested, really, action speaks louder than words. And, you know, we're still at a point where we are waiting for uh, proper compensation for people who've been victim of, uh, you know, wrongful deportations and so on. Um, The treatment of those people uh, also has been found to be, you know, Pretty inhumane. There's been, you know, BBC programs on recently as well, uh, depicting some of that. Um, and I'll be, I'll be honest, it's almost too traumatic for it's too traumatic for me to watch, really, um, knowing what I know about the treatment of uh, the Wind Windrush generation over many, many decades. Um, so I just think, yeah. uh, you know, our statement really was robust statement challenging this idea that really an apology would would fix everything and it would be okay uh you know what we want is a, a position where there is sort of recommendations you know uh clear recommendations and um an action plan
0: and you feel that's fallen short a bit
1: yeah i do i think uh it's one of these things that unless um there's some significant milestone uh or some tragedy or crisis that's occurring, i.e. people being deported kind of at very short notice. It's something that the media uh, are quite happy just to kind of, you know, kind of um, sideline, really. Um, And as far as government priorities, you know, it doesn't feel like it's something that, you know, keeps them awake at night and sort of, you know, makes them keen to kind of make some, some swift kind of, progress on things because it's actually been you know ongoing now for quite some time
0: okay well look let's talk let, let, let's talk about action um because i know that you're very keen to kind of um emphasize that that's what's needed and also talk about one or two things that are coming up so you've got another article coming out in community care any day now um this is being recorded on the uh, Thursday, the 9th yeah. of July. So I suppose over the next few days, this article is coming out again. And it's a second, it's a follow-up article, isn't it? To the one you did in Community yeah. Care before that, that was towards the beginning of this particular that's right. of passage yeah, that's of your right. work. Um, and in it. You, you want to talk about embedding anti-racism yeah. in the workplace. Uh, that, that's the kind of theme that I got from what yeah, you were that's saying. Fair. fair? Yeah,
1: I think it's, uh, it's fair to say that the first article <laughs> was uh, probably in some ways me venting um, my sort of emotions at the time and how I felt what happened related to social work and how I felt as a uh, black male social worker, um, both personally and professionally. Uh, And this second article is very much geared towards social work leaders, um, employers, educators, people of influence and so on. And uh, again, I've just shared my viewpoint from the position of someone with lived experience uh, of this personally and professionally, uh, having worked in various different social work areas as well. I just felt, well, actually, I've got a few things I can say about how uh, I think anti-racist culture should be embedded in the workplace. Um, for people of (laughs) colour so um, I mean I'm very clear that black and ethnic minority social workers cannot and should not be expected to fix racism in the workplace you know that's just a kind of stage one thing for me Um, Mm, I don't think a knee jerk kind of look in the direction of you know the person or few people who happen to be of colour in the workplace you know with regards to this is going to be enough um, it really is going to require, uh, you know, heads of service and, and workforces to really fully come on board with this and, and sort of want to improve. I'm not going to say change because some workplaces will be better than others anyway, but you know, just continuously improve their anti-racist culture. Really, um,
0: I mean, like, life yeah. moves on. Uh, I mean, and and you know, it's got to, it's got to embrace. Um, new thinking or 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 what should have been thinking yeah. decades ago but even so you know it, it is actually now being recognized as kind of the most important way of actually yeah. moving yeah. forward i also know that you have talked about developing a mobile workshop for example Do you want yeah. to say a little bit about so that?
1: following on from the article that you just referred to there are some key um organizational responses, typical organizational responses, as I see them to tackling anti-racism. You know, organizations might just keep silent or keep things the same um, as a kind of, you know, paralysis of fear almost. Um, Or they might publish kind of lukewarm organizational statements that just say the same old stuff, um, but not really kind of do anything more than just be tokenistic which I think is unfortunately a kind of common response. Um, Or thirdly, you know, they will sort of publish an authentic anti-racism action plan uh, and take this stuff seriously, uh, you know, and look to properly, you know, engage uh, people of colour in the workplace uh, in kind of just moving the whole thing forward, you know, whatever that workplace needs, whether it's policies and procedures or the support that's available or, you know, incidents that have occurred that haven't been properly addressed or whatever, just taking that necessary action to kind of make some meaningful strides, you know. Um, So going on to the workshop, it's going to cover uh, this stuff. um, But it will also... Um, sort of make some recommendations around recruitment which I referred to earlier about how that might be addressed how we can get the workforce or the senior leadership team to better reflect the workforce or better reflect the community that they serve because those are two distinct distinct things I have to say you know Um, Mm, and uh, you know there's suggestions around operationally how organizations um can improve uh the kind of data that they collect on protected characteristics So not just race not just uh you know ethnicity um but around sort of different minority groups that uh, are in the workplace and how they can be best supported you know um
0: no, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're talking that way because, I mean, in the back of my mind, I was wondering, because it's it's great having education, it's great having workshops, it's great having you know meetings and goodness knows what. of putting mm-hmm. policies together, but it's evidencing yeah. outcomes. It's actually being able, as you as you said there, I think that's so important is actually being able to say and look, yeah, this has happened, yeah. this has changed. There we were, yeah. here we are, exactly. We
1: changed, so um that's very much I mean I'm I'm no expert on this stuff I have to say I'm not an organizational leader expert um I'm just somebody who you know through uh, the virtue of being a black male social worker there's very few of us and having um have certain life experiences myself um it's just kind of you know my take really on how we might be able to kind of just improve things. It's going to be incremental, you know, there's not going to be groundbreaking changes overnight, but we can at least see progress uh, within social work because it's just so essential, in my view. Um,
0: no, I couldn't agree more, but you need to keep the momentum going, though. That's the other thing, don't you? And I think obviously the more support, the better. And as you say, you're one voice, and you've been a particularly good, loud, and, and kind of, um, if, you, if I might say so, educated voice. But at the same time, you need the support, you need the momentum. And I believe that you're pulling together a symposium in right, yeah. July. That's right, yeah. So,
1: uh, Baz Ring on my team are putting together a Black and Ethnic Minority Professional Symposium. Um, We're going to acronymise that to BPS Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make it a bit easier. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, uh, the kind of focus is really going to be an online safe space for people of colour, social workers to come together and kind of offload, kind of share their experiences, but also uh, kind of evaluate, really, the existing... um, sort of structures that exist and how you know we might look to as a group give a view on that or make suggestions on, on how things again can improve um and sort of work with other um stakeholders and partners within uh social work uh and try and sort of you know join the dots really with regards to anti-racism um and issues that affect black and ethnic minority social workers
0: no, good move. But can I also ask a couple of things about that? Because um, I must admit, and COVID-19, you know, this terrible virus that's going around has kind of brought this mm-hmm. to the fore as well. The absolute undervaluing in, the commun- in, this com- in our communities of yeah. care staff, um, uh, so many of whom come from black and ethnic mm-hmm. minorities. And I wondered if you had in mind uh, possibly including the invite to them to be part of this um, symposium. The
1: difficulty with that, David, is that because BAS was the British Association of Social Workers, um, you know, primarily social work is our focus. But of course, social care is um, interrelated, you know, and equally as important Mm. uh, as Mm. that. And there are overlaps. So, although social care staff um, won't be part of the kind of the symposium and the meetings that we have, as far as kind of the partnership working with um, stakeholders that I referred to, um, you know, those would be the uh, sort of uh, a stakeholder or partner that we would look to work on on certain projects where there was synergy. We certainly wouldn't rule that out.
0: Yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's, yeah. what, that's
0: what I was getting to. It's almost like the, the follow up to it because, you know, these days, as we all know, The realization that multi-agency, multi-group work is the way forward. You know, like one one particular um, individuals don't, you know, can't affect as much change on their own as groups can, from multi-agencies and multi-sort of backgrounds. So, I was just wondering if you wanted to, if that was going to be a thought about taking that forward. Yes, it will. Yeah, you've answered that. It will. Yeah, which is good because I think you know the the way that care staff have been highlighted, the the phenomenal work they've done with this virus and then helping the community deal with things has just, has just been out of this oh, world in my Yeah, view. but
1: then like you say, you kind of think, well, look at how they're being treated equally, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, there, yeah. there you go,
0: exactly. There you go. i paid yeah. pathetically, too, if yeah. I might say. Um, one more thing for the moment, all right? because we're going to have to wrap yeah. up fairly soon. But um, I mentioned this to you before, and I'm not really sure if there's an answer here, but it's always been a thing for me. And you and I know... Where we first met was a situation to do with um, social work's image in the media, um, and as you know, that, that's always been a particular passion of mine because I do think that that is, if you like, the ground in which so much opinion and so much change yeah. can be made. Uh, unfortunately, we rely so much on on the media today—social media, Britain media, broadcast media, whatever. And this podcast, I hope, will be a little bit towards contributing towards that. But the publications that have been taking your views, uh, and even though your views have been challenging, are unlikely to have been publications, as you know, that are actually going to um, disagree with you too much. But the ones that do disagree with you, and we all know who they might be within the kind of the fairly extreme media, if you like, or some even say anti-social work media that has existed over the decades. It's them that need to embrace this Black Lives Matters, embrace it, and not just tokenly kind of put a headline up there and feel they've done their bit. How do you think we can get there? I mean... uh, is there any way that we, we can actually improve our relations? Because that's where I feel that an awful lot of change can occur if we can actually swing some people who, up to now, have been fairly committed in the media to not really being as passionate as you are or as in, realizing how important the subject yeah, yeah. is.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything that you've said. I think um, as far as an answer is concerned, like you kind of alluded to, there's no one thing, really. Some of the things that spring to mind for me would be that, you know, I see uh, anti-racism not just as a kind of uh, a temporary uh, identity issue that just happens to be at the front of the queue right now. You know, I think what it is, is um, it's a Hearts and Minds campaign, really that's what it boils down to and it's about mm. um mm. education yeah but also kind of humanity and compassion and i think that you know we've kind of uh you know we've lost a little bit of that really and so part of the role of education is to kind of revitalize that i think those kind of human connections that well yeah you know we're all a bit different in some way but that's fine because you know we're all human beings uh i think that's sometimes forgotten really that you know things have become so sophisticated and so supposedly civilized that it's kind of all that basic stuff is just kind of taken for granted uh and i hope that what we can do is kind of uh back to basics a little bit really through um education as i say and just you know revisiting some of those fundamentals that well yeah i'm a black guy but you know (laughs) got family and uh you know my dad and you know just a normal guy really and you know so is the next person they happen to be white or the other but you know it's just well you know who cares really you know actually as long as everybody's eating as everyone's got as long as everyone's got food clothing and shelter if we can promote that i think you know then hopefully you know that hearts and minds kind of education over a period of time will convert people
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. And um even getting maybe getting articles into these publications would be a good thing too. But this is the basic social work principle I'm sure you agree would agree to, and a lot of what you've alluded to there. I mean, we are here as social workers. It's yeah. in our blood um, to resolve conflict. That's what we're here for. Whether it's individuals or families or institutions or communities or misguided media we are here to resolve conflict. And that is a fundamental part of social yeah, work, I, I would agree. say.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I agree. So, mm.
0: yeah. So look, Wayne, Wayne Reed, professional officer with Baswa. Uh, there will be, we'll put on the podcast whatever you want in terms of contact details at okay. the association yeah. for yourself um, and in, um, some links as to some of the stuff that you've referred to. Uh, And some of the up-and-coming things that you've talked about in terms of the action column if you like And so it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And thanks very much indeed for being on the program. Thank you for
1: having me David. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay Well now everybody else I'll just say that the next podcast I'm going to do is another one and in a funny kind of way I hope it will follow up some of the things that I've just been talking to Wayne about. I'm going to be talking to Jonathan Singer who's the, who, the presenter of the Social Work podcast uh, based in Chicago, and it's the biggest social work podcast in America. And he is a phenomenally interesting and erudite man who keeps his finger on a lot of the pulse uh, in terms of social work practice and policy across the pond. And so following up that, there can't not be a discussion about George Floyd. There can't not be a discussion about all the goings on in America at the moment and social work's role in that. So please keep in touch about that. Also, please remember there is a facility called Speak Pipe, which you'll see at the side on the front of the podcast. That, if you just click it, lets you record a short message about the podcast and uh, it'll come to me. And uh, hopefully if it's re- if it's uh, readable and not too um, challenging, I'll uh, try and translate it into some action, give you some call out. And also if there's some ideas about other podcasts, I'd be delighted to have a look at that, too. So, again, thank you ever so much for your time and uh, keep well and keep safe. Thank you.